Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. A numbers game on v the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today. And stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. Start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport. Whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Skill Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin. Kelly, you see our new intro right there? See us? Yeah. Just looking laughing good. it up. It's looking good, yeah. We only had to do like 30 minutes of fake conversation arguments on the desk because <laughs> because you remember that last time you and i were on the desk together exactly that's what that's what happens on this show all the time that's we're right. always on this side of the desk anyway nice job they look good though they look great yeah they had to and, overcome and i like us. to believe that we we just do what we're told that's what we did that day that's so what we did we do what we, we do what, what are we told. doing we're doing looks good new graphics as football approaches gotta mm-hmm. love it uh speaking of football not the american variety but the global most beautiful game uh, Women's World Cup and Paul Carr, who I believe we can report has uh, hit a winner. I was not here, Paul. Let's uh, join Paul from Topeka, Kansas, True Media Networks. Of course, the Expected Value Podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Paul Carr, C-A-R-R. But when JVT was in for me, I believe you had a Canada plus money not to get out of the group stage bet. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah, Canada out in the group stage, plus 230. I mean, it was a little bit like, remember the Belgium bet to go out in the group stage from the men's world cup, a little bit of an older team, not sure where they're going to get goals, that sort of thing. Some you know, dangerous enough teams in that group. I thought Ireland was probably get through ahead of Nigeria, but either way, Canada goes out. So cash that take. So before we get to your picks today, because the USA is in action against Portugal at midnight Pacific, that's 3 a.m. Eastern dead of night uh, mm-hmm. on the East coast. But last night, um, we are on the third leg of the group stage, so there's all kind of motivations. You know, the USA, for instance, tonight, a draw will get them through. Will that play into Paul's handicap? We shall see. Uh, but Japan just rolls Spain 4-0. Yeah. So let's talk about that for a second, just in the futures market. And, and you and I talked last week, but we didn't get a chance to talk about England uh, vis-a-vis the futures market as well. Spain and England, the two shortest shots after the United States. So where do we stand on Spain and England now? Yeah, so Spain was the third tournament favorite before the tournament started. England was number two, and they basically flip-flopped because England scraped out a couple 1-0 wins. Spain won a couple games pretty easily against much lesser opposition. Uh, and Spain was down around plus 330-ish before this game. On your book, and now they're back to around plus 400 because... 
the loss to Japan, obviously you lose four nil, that doesn't look good, but it also puts them a step closer to the U S presumably this is all presuming the U S wins the group, mm-hmm. which is expected. Spain would then theoretically run into the U S in the quarterfinals instead of the semifinals. So a higher chance of running into the U S so between not looking good and kind of falling on a different quadrant of the bracket, Spain's odds, uh, back up to around plus 400 and England is weird. I wasn't worried after the first one nil win. I thought it gave you a good opportunity if you still liked England. But in their second one, Kira Walsh, who's kind of their linchpin in the midfield, got hurt. She has not. It has not been announced how long she'll be actually out. She's not playing in this third game. It's not a. It's not an ACL, but it's some kind of knee injury. So if she's out, you know that's that's a real blow. That's that's more than just winning one nil. It's more than not looking great. Uh, that's really a bigger factor. So I mean, they're around plus hundred now, which. I don't think I would bother now, given the question mark around her. But all these things just to factor in if you're trying to find a play as we head toward the knockout stage. Yeah, I want to say our buddy Felica, too, though. He made a great point about that Japan-Spain game, where it's like, well, Spain really doesn't have to do much here, right? So Japan in-game might be a uh, might be a way to play that as well in that. So so if I say to you, okay, for those who, those who just don't want to bet the USA, let's say we have that person. They're like, okay, well, Spain now, England, ding, ding. Like, what's the... What's the side that you think has the best shot, if not the United States at this point? I still, and I mean, call me a broken record, but I still kind of like Germany. Mm-hmm. I know they lost to Colombia, pretty big upset, but it, it, they're plus 750. They're going to be on the opposite half of the bracket one way or the other from the United States. And I just think other than the U.S., they're probably like the deepest, most experienced team here. Uh haven't played to the potential, obviously, in that second match, but I, I still kind of think they're the ones that I look out for, just given the pedigree, the talent. They're still getting healthy. You know, Oberdorf came back for them in that second game, even though they lost, but but she's back and they're figuring things out. So I'd still lean toward Germany, especially given the plus 750 price. Okay. Um, Colombia did upset Germany, though. Caveat with that at all? Yeah. I mean, that, it was more just one of those. That's the joy of these tournaments. Linda Caicedo is an 18-year-old for Colombia who plays for Real Madrid. She's already beaten ovarian cancer, so it's a amazing off-the-field story, but she's also one of the best young players in the world. She got a great goal against Germany, and then you saw the way Colombia also got the second goal, the celebrations. Uh, not too concerned from a Germany standpoint right now. Uh, even if they finish second in the group, it's not... You know, it's probably not going to be a terrible draw for them either way. Uh, so, yeah, that was more just kind of a, this is just one of those great tournament moments where the underdog, and this isn't like a 16 seed winning, but this is, you know, a mid-major type uh, uh, knocking off one seeders around. That was pretty fun to watch. All right, well, let's talk about tonight's game. So, Group E, USA currently with four points, Netherlands, the Dutch with four as well, Portugal three, and Vietnam with zero points. And so tonight... Uh, the USA, these are concurrent now, right? So each group plays two concurrent games. Yep. So USA is playing Portugal. USA is, a, you know, north of a $3 favorite there. And then Vietnam and the Netherlands. The Netherlands, of course, a massive prohibitive favorite. So USA having a one-point edge over Portugal, a draw would guarantee them advancement. But you don't believe they're going to settle for the draw here. I don't think so. I mean, that is the one... It's the only hesitation I have about laying a goal and a half with the U.S. at minus 130 is what if they're up 1-0 you know, in the 70th minute? Are they going to push for another one? Right. Maybe not. But I also think it's just kind of the U.S. mentality is not to sit back. I mean, they just they never do. Uh, if they rotate in a few players, which I think they ought to because they played almost the entire same lineup the first two games, you rotate in especially some young forwards. I mean, 
you know, it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you put in the young guys in at the end of a game or something, they don't just sit there. They want to try and score a basket or, you know, same kind of thing. Uh, so I don't think they're going to sit back. I just don't think it's the U S way. I mean, Portugal's a decent team. They're not a, they're not the caliber of the Netherlands, but they're in that second cut of European teams. But I think the U S depth and fitness is just starts to come out later in tournaments. I think that's what we see here. So I, I'll lay the goal on half of the U.S. at minus 130. All right. And you're not touching Netherlands Vietnam at all. I don't think so. I mean, this should okay. be a big mismatch. Uh, the one, And the Netherlands, the goal difference is the thing. If the U.S. and Netherlands both win, they're tied on points atop the group. And the U.S. has a two-goal advantage in goal difference right now. Uh, yes. That's one other thing on the U.S. side right. to cover the one and a half that I really should have mentioned. U.S. You want to win the group because you really don't want to play Sweden first. You'd rather play Italy probably in that first knockout stage. So if the U.S. is up one nil late, they might need a goal to try and win the group. If the Dutch are winning, you know, three nil or something like that. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. will have some motivation to score, not just sit on it. And there will be some scoreboard watching because there is the potential of the Netherlands just absolutely destroying Vietnam while the U.S. is playing. Yep. So yes, we shouldn't add that to the mix. Yeah. And as Paul said, USA right now yep. with a plus three goal differential and the Netherlands with a plus one goal differential headed into tonight. So you are taking USA, you are laying the one and a half goals versus Portugal. Now, dead of night, again, 3 a.m., uh, I should say this, yeah, this one is going to be 3 a.m., or pardon me, 4 a.m. West Coast time, but 7 a.m. morning yeah. time in the East Coast, so this changes dead of night to West Coast folks, Pacific time zone. China and England, Haiti and Denmark with, of course, England a, uh, well, minus 225 favorite over China. Denmark a uh, $3 favorite over Haiti. That group, the way that that stacks up, England six points, they're in the driver's seat. Denmark and China both have three. Haiti with zero. Any plays here? Yeah, so England, you know, you lay it out. They need a draw or a win to go through. They could go through with a loss if the goal difference doesn't get crazy. Uh, and England's won both games 1-0. China's been a pretty defensive team only 17 shots in two games against Haiti uh, and Denmark and less than half an expected goal against Denmark. So they haven't done a lot offensively. China's a fairly physical team. And I like a little bit of a longer shot here under one and a half goals. So the alternate goal line under one and a half at plus two twenty feels a lot like another one nil England win. If it's nil nil England's fine with that too. Uh, they haven't figured out their attacking situation all that much. Uh, they could add a couple other goals, especially against Haiti, but they haven't looked super sharp. China is not, shown a whole lot offensively. Their one goal is a penalty. Uh, so under one and a half plus 220 is a price I like for China and England. All right. And then Sweden, a win to nil versus Argentina. Yeah, this is Argentina. Uh, again, not that great. They have about one expected goal through two games and they're playing against teams that are not as good defensively as Sweden and Italy and South Africa. So uh, Sweden looked great against Italy out of nowhere. They were terrible for 20 minutes and then scored three goals for halftime and won five nil. Uh, Sweden technically needs a point to advance. Although, you know, there'd have to be like a 10 swing, 10 goal swing and goal difference for Italy to catch them. Uh, but yeah, when nil against Argentina, Argentina hasn't shown a whole lot. They got a couple shots on low prob or a couple goals on low probability shots against South Africa. So Sweden, you know, this would be kind of a grinded out one nil type of win, I think tweet against Argentina, so I'll take plus 140 on that. All right, three-pack from Paul Carr tonight. USA minus one and a half versus Portugal. Let's go, USA. And then China-England under one and a half goals on the alternate. Total line at plus 220. Sweden win nil versus Argentina. Thank you, Paul. Good luck as always. Congratulations on the Canada bet. Thank you. Have a good one. Paul Carr from True Media Networks and the Expected Value Podcast. Paul Spore joins us for fan graphs. Let's talk some baseball headed into the trade deadline. That's next. 
witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. Power ratings, picks, previews, predictions, pro, as in become a VSEN Pro subscriber and get an all access pass to our betting tools, betting splits, and the 2023 College Football Betting Guide. It is here. Thursday's release of the College Football Guide and our previously released NFL betting guide will have you ready to turn a profit on the gridiron this year. The only way to get the guides and everything we have to offer is to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber, and you can do exactly that at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. And speaking of that, Kelly, Wes Reynolds is going to join us later. We're going to talk Big Ten football with uh, Bam! Wes. Can't wait for that. I hear he's under on Indiana all the way. Is he? That's all he keeps talking about. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, a native Hoosier that he is. Uh, yeah, I just want to ask him about like how how he believes the top shakes out between Ohio State and Michigan. Michigan, two time Big Ten champ now. Yeah, the whole narrative on Harbaugh has changed. Um, yeah, I get it. He didn't win in the national semis or anything, but yes, as far as the Big Ten is concerned, you know what it t- you know what they say in the Big Ten. All that matters for Ohio State and Michigan is who wins that game. Have they suspended him yet? Or were they gonna suspend him? What the heck is that story? Yeah, but like the first four games, they like play Brandeis and Yeshiva. Like they play <laughs> nobody. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure those two schools are on the on Michigan schedule early. I could be wrong about that. I'll check on that. But it just yeah. So that and then, you know, the fact that the best three teams in the Big Ten, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, supposed to have a great year this coming year. Um they're all on the same side, right? They're all in the, they're all in the East. So Wisconsin, just in the driver's seat in the West. And so, where does West stand on that? And if none if none of those teams, who's the sleeper? 
We'll get into that with Wes Reynolds later. We'll look at some Heisman odds as well. Kelly and I will a bit later on. Uh, let's talk some baseball, though. Paul Sporer joins us from Fangraph, Sleeper in the Bus podcast. All that he does to talk baseball at what is such a great time of year and what has been such a great season. Five out of the six divisions, the second-place team is within two games. It's unbelievable, Paul. You having as much fun as, as I think you are? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. It's been a wonderful season. I know the football creep is coming and I like football, but I wish it would wait its turn a little bit more. And yeah. Shove off until late August, shove at least, off, but football. I know it's coming. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay. So let me just ask you about, cause I was talking earlier about, okay, you know, look, Shohei's going to stay. It looks like, it looks like Blake Snell and Josh Hader probably going to stay with San Diego. Yeah. So m- maybe the trade deadline ends with a whimper. Maybe it doesn't. What's the move that has? Well, yeah. Well, first of all, where do you stand on that? I mean, I, I still like why wouldn't why wouldn't the Mets move Verlander? Why would they? Um, and they of might. course, that'd be a huge, yeah, huge move, right? You know, like they're not tearing down, of course, but manu- maneuvering that money um, or figuring things out the way they did with Scherzer, they ended up getting a great prospect because they included money. Maybe they do that again with Verlander or this one, they get the money off the books. They can kind of play it either way there. So, I mean, that's still a, a pretty major piece to be figured out. What's the move made thus far? And because we, all of this is great, you know, speculation with trade deadlines and it's great for, for mainstream sports. But what we care about is what triggers a bet? Was there anything done? Was the Angels collective, both on the mound and offensively, having acquired Cronin uh, Grichik yesterday on the heels of Giolito? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the team that in all of this you think, well, this player to that team, maybe it's Montgomery and Scherzer to the Rangers, triggers a bet that wasn't there beforehand? I don't know. I mean, Texas was already in first, so maybe you feel more secure um, if the price, I'm sure the prices have changed already based on trades though too. So that's kind of tough. I think to really go get a great number on Texas, you know how much I like the angels. I, I pick them all the time and it's not, you know, just for fun. It's not a meme. I, I do believe they're a talented team. I love the moves they've made. I really, really do. I think those have been great, uh, you know, solidifying moves. Depth has been a problem, right? They've lost a lot of guys. They played pretty well overall. I think for all the talk about the angels, people act like they're, you know, 15 and 80, uh, they're 55 and 51. They're right there. And when they get trout back, Drury's on his way back and the moves they've made, I think that's probably where you can maybe still get a decent number because Texas and Houston are no joke and Houston been sitting on their hands, which that could be the Verlander landing spot, bringing him back. So, yeah, I mean, I know I advocate for the angels a lot on this show. I'm not off them and I'm certainly not after these moves. All right, let's, yeah, by the way, the Rangers' odds got longer. I had talked about last week on this show, even after those moves, they got incrementally longer. I was saying yesterday, or last week, pardon me, not yesterday, but last week, I think both the Rays and the Astros, the current second-place teams in the AL East and the AL West, respectively, end up winning those divisions. I wanted to throw out some odds for you, division by division. You tell me, you raise your hand, you don't have to comment on all these, you raise your hand when you think there's a good bet here. NL West. Giants, current second place team, two games out, five to one. Nothing there from Paulie. No. NL Central. How dare you, Paul, by the way. NL Central. (laughs) Brewers, minus 110. Reds, plus 145. Cubs, five to one. Speaking of trade deadline, should we or shouldn't we? 
I can go. I can get on the Reds a little bit. Um, man, I really hope they go get a few supplemental pitching pieces. They don't have to go break the bank. You don't got to trade Noel Marte. They have a deep system. They can go into the middle of it, get something decent. You know that. Just get a few supplemental arms. Try to bridge the gap to getting to Lodolo and Green. I know the pitching staff has pitched very well recently. I just don't buy it long term outside of uh, Andrew Abbott and a little bit Graham Ashcraft, but the ERA he's putting up is not backed by skills at all. So they need pitching. So I might go preemptive on them and hope they do something today, tomorrow, and before that, before those odds get shorter. But I still love Cincinnati, of course, too. And even a couple of bullpen pieces would work for me with Cincinnati. So I, I kind of like, I kind of like where their numbers at. Brewers half game out minus one ten. The Cubs four out. From the Reds, five to one. All right, AL East: Rays and Orioles, both plus one thirty, with the Orioles a one and a half games up, but that's all three in the loss column. The Blue Jays are five and a half out; they're plus four seventy-five. Do you like anything there? I I I, I kind of like the Jays. I I know they lost Romano, so Hicks as a replacement as opposed to an addition, but it's not permanent. At least we hope. You know, for Romano's health sake, um, I still think this is a pretty good team that's just kind of lying in the weeds. And I say lying in the weeds; they're 59 and 47. They'd be leading a lot of divisions out there, or, or much closer. They just happen to be in the AL beast, which makes things tougher, right? You can only give them so much credit. They still have to get through that. I do like the Jays a little bit too. I, and I wouldn't be surprised if they made another move or two today and tomorrow. AL Central Twins minus two hundred five, Guardians plus one sixty. Everybody, you know, anecdotally on this network, my guests, other other shows guests. Everybody keeps waiting for the Guardians to make the move. They're a half game out here, and they're plus 160. That feels like a good number as is. You have to be comfortable with the fact that they might not do anything, though. So if you if you place that bet in anticipation of a move, you might get disappointed, right? They, they play it cheap all the time. They might do some really tiny things. They shouldn't. They should be a little bit more aggro. I don't mind trading Ahmed Rosario, but Thor's not going to. If they fix Thor, they're the greatest pitching team out there because if the Dodgers can't, it's hard to believe that anybody else can, but Cleveland is one of the best out there. We'll see if they can bring themselves to the top of the heap. They need to do more than that, though. Not necessarily to beat the Twins, but to be something in playoffs. But I do like the, the plus 160 as it is right now. Okay, and finally, the AL West, the Astros are plus 100. The Rangers are plus 120, despite being in the lead. The Mariners, 11 to 1. The Angels, by the way, for what it's worth, 20 to 1, five out after making all those additions. Yeah, I'm, I'm hitting that for sure. I mean, I just, I, I like them as much as I did coming into the year. I think the moves they've made have been great. I'm hitting the Angels for sure. But the fact that you're telling me that the Rangers odds got longer, I had not seen that after the moves. I think that's kind of wild because Houston sat on their hands. And while I think they can still win the division as is, it is a little weird that they've done nothing. Maybe those odds are in anticipation of Houston doing something. Cause of course, if they get Verlander, then you can get your Rangers, you know, a lot cheaper at that point, I would imagine. So I'd still be looking at it at plus 120 with them in the lead and the, the Rangers being the longer shot. I'm kind of intrigued by that, even though I respect Houston and the Angels. All right, we got two minutes. Give me the six teams that make the playoffs in the American League Orioles, Twins, Rangers, Rays, Angels, Astros. Angels. Only two from the AL East. Angels plus 550, yes, to make the postseason. So you like that? I'm in. I'm in. All right. It's a good, it's a good, like they've, they've developed some pitching. It's not just Otani, Trout, and a bunch of idiots. It's really not. That excites me. What about the National League? Give me the six Braves, Dodgers, 
I think the D-backs can storm back. They've hit a little bit of a wall, but I'm still on them. I'll say I'll say the Reds. I'm a little suspect on that one. Uh, the Marlins and the Brewers. Marlins from the Central, the which is kind of crazy. Oh, how dare you with all these? All right, so let me let me say. So let me see what the best. Here, the Giants aren't making the playoffs. Oh, come on! Stop it already. They're smarter than everybody. Uh, Diamondbacks would be plus one fifty-five. Yes, to make the playoffs of the ones you mentioned. Uh, what was the other one? Oh, the Marlins. You like the Marlins to get there. The Marlins are plus one hundred. So not not the sexiest, but those are. Uh, so the Angels, the best of the bunch in terms of making the playoffs, per your viewpoint, though, of Definitely. those. Okay. As far as like getting getting some longer odds there, and again, I love these moves. They've really pushed. Giants, and I respect that. Don't Gi- don't trade Otani. You push. Absolutely, don't trade. Giants plus one sixty to not make the playoffs. Paul Spore would make that bet. I would. Paul, despite it all, I still love you. Thank you so much, Paul Spore at Spore. On the Twitter machine, S-P-O-R-E-R. Always great to talk to Paulie. We'll come back. We will talk AFC finally. I know I promised earlier. We'll look at those odds next. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Hour number two of a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin. Uh, still to come this hour, Wes Reynolds will talk Big Ten football with Wes. Uh, we'll also talk some Heisman odds here coming up momentarily. I Just before we uh, continue our AFC South discussion, have you seen the footage of Deuce Vaughn at the Cowboys camp? He, oh, he not at all. Oh, okay. It's on the screen right now. Look at that. He looks like he's a middle schooler out there. Like he is so small, dude. Like this takes small to a whole nother level. This isn't Darren Sproles small. This is like oh wow. This yeah, is I, like, I had to figure out what channel you run. Look at yeah. that. He it is startlingly small. I don't know. Maybe it'll be hard to find him if he catches on. It's <laughs> I don't know. We, we tackled him, Coach. We just didn't see him. That's That was Sproles all the time, right? Like, yeah, this kid. Whoa, man. Uh, we'll see. Uh, five if, foot five. Five wow. five. And you know, if they list him at five five, you wonder, is he five five? Right. But against all those other guys, he looks super duper small. Um, speaking, of ru- speaking of running back, speaking of the uh, AFC South, which we had uh, talked about earlier. Let's coalesce here with Jonathan Taylor this weekend. Jonathan Taylor demands a trade, Kelly. And this has been sort of the theme of the offseason with these running backs. Saquon threatening that he's not going to play for the Giants. Then they came up with an $11 million deal, basically, uh, to, you know, put that possibility aside. But Jonathan Taylor this weekend. Yeah, this escalated quickly. This yes. weekend. Yes, it well, did. <laughs> well, this escalated quickly. This got out of hand quickly. Uh, Jonathan Taylor demands to Jim Irsay immediately says no. No. The Colts say Taylor reported back pain during his pre-training camp physical that was deemed to be from an injury that was not sustained while playing for Indianapolis, league source telling ESPN. The situation now has the team considering whether to place Taylor on the non-football injury list. The plot thickens which could result in Indianapolis withholding his salary, the source said. So uh, what do we think of the situation of the Colts this season as well as the rest of the AFC South? Well, this is Jonathan Taylor's tweet on the subject, Kelly, at JT23. One, never had back pain. Two, never reported back pain. Not sure who sources are, but find new ones. So in about a three-day time span, you had this guy demand a trade. Jim say immediately come out and say, no, we're not trading him, and then had some other things to say about the running back market. And then this story comes out. Where it sure feels like 
it's leaked information from inside the Colts to whatever reporter, so they have an excuse to put him on the 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 non-injury list and not pay the guy. And then he comes out in this tweet saying denying anything about saying talking about back pain with the Colts at all. So this got to a place of real ugly real quick. I just I keep getting we, we touched on this briefly with Drew last week. He actually beat me to the punch on this, but it was something I wanted to talk about because Will Hill and I had been talking about it off air too, which is these running backs just really can't seem to hold the two thoughts together. Yes, in the moment you are very important, but your shelf life is such that your compensation is going to be commensurate with that. And so the overrating of your position in modern-day football in a pass-happy game and your coupled with your stunted shelf life I mean, let's just take, as we go through the AFC South, let's just take the Titans. Derrick Henry, yeah. we all consider the gold standard of NFL mm-hmm. running backs. All right, so let me, let me, let me lean on Aaron Schatz, the uh, founder of Football Outsiders. Um, no longer with uh, Football Outsiders, though he uh, owns the uh, DVOA, proprietary licensing, so that's still his. He was the, the creator of that as well. But, you know, the Titans are second in the AFC South, they're seven and a half. But here's what Aaron Schatz and Football Outsiders used to say about running backs. It is much more valuable to have a running back that can move the chains consistently versus one who, you know, gets two yards, two yards, two yards, and then breaks open a 75-yarder. Because generally, that, you know, those home run hitters, that's not a sustainable way of success. Mm-hmm. Derrick Henry for very long has been able to overcome that because he will wear you down and then he will punch out the big run. Derrick Henry's not getting any uh, not getting any younger. And so from the Titans' perspective, I know I moved on from Taylor here, but from the Titans' perspective, as, get, as great as Mike Vrabel is as a coach, and by the way, I think he's one of the best, if not the best, mm-hmm. right? Like, he's phenomenal. He's 41 wins in four seasons with that franchise. But the play-to-play efficiency numbers for a guy like Derrick Henry are just not there and so you wonder at 29 years old now, how long can you expect that from him? Oh, I think it's... That's the thing. Yeah. It's like, it's been great. You've had a great decade. You're going to the Hall of Fame. You've been unbelievable. But it's like, if you just jumped in on now, would you give Derrick Henry all the money in the world? Maybe you would. But would you do it for Jonathan Taylor? Would you do it as oh, great I, as I he's been? I like, don't think you would for Derrick Henry right, right. Now either. That's the what I mean. Landscape continue. It's changed and it continues to change, and it's uh, it's not heading in that direction. So it's uh, I mean that's where I think it makes it very interesting with what Jonathan Taylor did because, bro, why are you messing with your job when you're still under contract for yeah. a year? You know what I mean? Like it's different with some of these guys that got franchise tagged and stuff who aren't under contract, but you're still getting paid for a year before you got to deal with this stuff. And, you know, you now you're putting yourself in a situation where, yeah, you know, the team might, I don't, I don't, the team in a roundabout way might end up punishing you and not paying you for what you, for what you're just trying to pull. Yeah. I mean, I and like, cool if you want to be traded, but like, you've seen what the market is for running backs all summer. What, like, what makes you think the Colts are going to run to trade you? And they're not going to get anything back. I'll get anything back for you. I, I know I'm, I'm, putting the Colts and the Titans at the same conversation, but there's a lot of similarities here. The Titans are seven and a half. The Colts are six and a half in terms of the season win totals. Titans plus 350 to win this Jaguars heavy division, if you will. The Colts six to one. So the Titans, <laughs> pardon me, the Titans, they they brought in Andre Dillard to play left tackle. He wasn't very good in Philly. And their projected right tackle, Nicholas Petit-Frere, remember he 
played poorly, but then he got suspended six games for gambling. So they, they did draft Peter Skaronsky, but it's one of these things getting back to Aaron Schatz and football outsiders and their research, just talking about the running backs with Derrick Henry earlier and how you want to, you know, play-by-play efficiency with running backs. With the offensive line, you can't really project turnarounds from year to year. Like with cornerbacks, when they used to assess individual players, like a cornerback, and I always use D'Angelo Hall as an example of this, he could be the worst, one of the worst cornerbacks in the NFL play-by-play one year, but the next year he could be one of the best. You couldn't project it. With offensive lines, they don't change that quickly. And so that's what makes like the Titans and the Colts offensive lines also super suspect because just mentioning what I did about the Titans, your your reinforcements besides Skaronsky, very questionable. And with the Colts, remember the Colts went, this is also the Jonathan Taylor thing, right, Kelly, which is they went from having the greatest offensive line to giving up like double the sacks yeah. last year. Yeah. And there's no there's no projection system that will tell you, oh, that's going to turn around. No, it, it usually doesn't. What happened to them was such an anomaly. So you don't expect it to be an anomaly back. So I don't know, man. Like, I think both of those teams have massive question marks, obviously. The market reflects that. And though the Texans, the Texans are so bad, as, as great as D'Amico Ryans was as a defensive coordinator with the Niners, to expect that to turn around despite it being C.J. Stroud, them trading up for Will Anderson, I do think... You know, some people are saying, well, all three rookies might start day one. I don't know about that. I don't think Will Levis does. I don't think Will Levis yeah. does. I think the other two do. I think, I think, yes. I think, I think for sure C.J. Stroud does. Richardson probably? I think he does. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, think about what you're talking about. You're talking about offensive line issues, right? Easiest way to get around that is yep. a running quarterback. That helps out. Yep. Um, and, it, I, I mean, realistically, what are the goals for Indy this year, right? I, I, like, I do think they could be second in that division, but it's not going to mean they have a great record. It's just, you know, Tennessee ended up going to going to Levis, and there's a bit of a struggle there, and they, they tumble down to third. So is there a bet here? Just the Jaguars division, huh? You'll lay the it's minus my 165. Favorite, my favorite bet of the offseason. Sometimes bets don't have to be that sexy. Sometimes what's obvious is staring us in the face. Now, do NFL teams exceed expectations? Or uh, fault very short of them every year? Yes. Will it be one of these three, the Texans, the Titans, or the or the uh, Colts? I'm not thinking it will. Yeah, I, I don't think so. And look, the Titans, like, if you told me, I w- would I be as bullish on the Jags if I knew for sure that at the end of the year, Ryan Tannehill and DeAndre Hopkins are all playing in these games, you know, in weeks 15, then, yeah, I'm probably not putting as much as I am on the Jags, but what I think is at some point this is going to be a rebuilding situation and you're going to put Levis in there. You're going to monitor carries for for uh, Derrick Henry. You're going to watch how much of a workload you're giving to DeAndre Hopkins because you want to make sure those guys are good to go the following year when you hopefully have a, a young quarterback now ready to really go. Will the DeAndre Hopkins to the Titans thing end up being a tree falling in the forest? Absolutely. It could be. It could be. But... The sneakier, less publicized wideout, Calvin Ridley, remember, has already been in the Jaguars' fold now for a long time. Nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. Calvin Ridley, 90 catches for 1,374 yards and nine touchdowns in 2020 with the Falcons before, you know, that parlay mishap. When Florida had sports betting for a minute, he got in there. Under the clever name, you ready for this, Kelly? Calvin Ridley. That's how they got him. (laughs) (laughs) That's a, that's your counter, Calvin Ridley. Oh man! So 
history yeah. of Florida sports betting. So anyway, it's like, I mean, we're going division by division. We're just using like news stories to just prompt our discussions on this. We've done a few of these now in the AFC. This, this is definitely the division where it's the least exciting of the bunch. But, yeah, but you know, but there's think, a bet. I think you and I talked off yeah. air last week where it's, it's look, it's part of my, I would say part of one of my betting goals, at least this summer, is to not roll into the NFL season with as many as much futures exposure as I've had the past couple years. Some of that's gone right, some of it's gone wrong, but I'm kind of narrowing down my bets and making sure that I'm being very specific with what I'm betting, and I love the yeah. Jacks. You know what I would division. be interested in seeing, and I haven't did that, I haven't done this, but I, I should have probably before this segment, but some of them have exact order of division or something. I wonder if there's like, if the Texans finish second or something like that, would it shock you? Maybe Oof. it would. But like, would you take a big bang for your buck bet on that? I think it's worth exploring. Worth exploring. See what the number is on that. Uh, Heisman Trophy odds to come. Big 10 College Football Week with the guide coming out Thursday here at VEASAN. We'll get into all that next. Numbers Game VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 